0: El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, hey, don't worry about what I'm doing joining me today he is my co-host on this podcast he's also my co-host on a podcast called you don't even like sports and he has his own podcast and he does a bunch of videos for sideshow collectibles and he hosts a podcast with tom ryman goddamn ladies and gentlemen jeff may also joining me he is my former co-worker at cracked And now he is hosting a whole new podcast of his own called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. You should go check that out after you listen to this podcast, obviously. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Schmidt. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, who are you? Hi Unpopular.
1: Jeff's it's me, back. Jeff May. It's uh, hey, it's the rookie card guy. Remember? What?
0: I don't I do the, the, the rookie card. It's the whole thing <laughs> I used to do. That was a good <laughs> impression of Jeff May. That <laughs> hey i hear you doing an impression of jeff may
1: see i can do them all i can bring all of them back if i want and i'm not going to
0: we killed the real jeff but we have a replacement jeff and he sounds just like him and it's great
1: diet di- like when the when they got the second undertaker in the wwe
0: <laughs> it's just like that also joining us alex schmidt is here the internet's hey. favorite person alex schmidt i love alex schmidt oh everyone loves alex so, schmidt come on it is so good to see you guys that's, that's great a, that's and, enough, alex. yeah yeah it's and
2: I saw you recently too. This, this is just a good uh, like week or two going really good for
1: me. Yeah, we're having good time.
0: And here's the thing we're we're doing an episode today that's about mostly good news. I think most of it's good news, and a uh, little bit of good news to start things off. Alex has a new podcast and it's fucking great.
1: Sure is. Aww,
2: thank you. Tell people about it. It's titled Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, and it's about all the ways uh, something that you thought was ordinary is amazing. It's like history, science, and and surprises about it. And then I, I, you know, do the research and then bring in like the, you know, the world's funniest people to talk to me about it. Uh, So obviously the newest episode involves Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May. Woo! Like that's that's how you have to do it if you want the funniest. Get the H out of here. How did you book them? What a coup! I mean, technically, it was the Jeff may sound alike, but it's the real Adam Todd Brown, so that's pretty
1: cool.
0: Yeah, well, we killed the other Jeff. It's fine.
1: (laughs) He's the he's the Paul of this group. (laughs) I'm totally dead, man.
2: I hope Unpops fans come up with a bunch of Jeff conspiracy theories (laughs) and like noticing clues that you have died. That would be really fun to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we think Raquel killed Jeff.
0: That M on your hat means Mandela effect, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a little two that you can't see next to the M.
0: Uh, the episode with me and Jeff, that goes up today, also, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So listen to this and then go listen to Alex's new podcast, you jerks. Uh-huh. Thanks, man. He told me to Maybe. call you jerks. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like that was a weird thing That's to demand
1: alex called. i would love if your show if you like your thing is like hey there all you fucking jerks it's alex <laughs> schmidt with another episode of secretly incredibly fascinating you <laughs> fucking assholes yeah hey you fucking <laughs> jerk offs like if you were just like a real awful like a real nasty guy yeah yeah but you have mm. to donate for the really brutal stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing yeah yeah
0: <laughs> mm. donate no at the fuck face <laughs> level <laughs>
1: Yeah, you get to the real shit when you pay 15 a month, man. I tell you what.
0: That would be pretty great.
1: Just a just an hour of you lambasting people that support you.
0: No, that's you what this network it. is.
1: People love it, you fucking pigs. You don't, love it. Don't steal my shit, please. We're putting a virtual <laughs> cigarette out on each and every one of you.
0: So, like I said, we're talking about Good news on this episode, we're actually going to go through these stories yeah. and kind of decide if they're good news. I think most of what's on here is good news, but sometimes there's a twist. Sometimes it seems good and it's not. But I think this first story is pretty cool.
2: There's also like right now, I feel like there's a, what is it? A layer a, a patina over like all news where it's like, well, this is good. And of course the world is burning. Like everything we're kind of figuring out. Oh, is this amazing news or just fine or what? So it's a good exercise.
1: It's good. Yeah. Unless the word cure comes out, none of it's good news.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at that point in history where when I research an episode like this, I almost feel guilty because there's so many more important things we could be talking about. But
1: There's so much good <laughs> in this world.
0: We, we need a break every once in a while. And break uh, your arm.
2: Yeah. Gives Whoa. us the energy to come back to the work. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeff said he's going to break my arm. That's not good. That's not good news. It's good for me and everyone else. <laughs> That's true. I think people would enjoy it. They would like to see it.
1: You know what else they'd like to see, Adam? What's that? How about a Star Trek movie directed by Quentin Tarantino, or at least written by Quentin Tarantino?
0: The Segway brought to you by Segway. Segway, when you need a Segway, Segway. That is our first story. Quentin Tarantino still might make a Star Trek movie that takes place on the ground in the 1930s, (laughs) which I I love that. Just those words strung together. I want to see it. Like,
1: yeah, there's this like, Real renaissance of hating Quentin Tarantino that I do not subscribe to. And I understand that he mm-hmm. uh, he writes a, a very loose script as far as what you're allowed to say. Uh, and people seem to have problems with that. Um, I don't know. I feel like art is allowed to make you feel uncomfortable. I feel like that's a part of
2: it. Uh, that's, that's part of processing this new news too, right? Like it's kind of two stories. It's Quentin Tarantino will make a Star Trek movie and Quentin Tarantino will make a 1930s film. That is also Star Trek, like, like just yeah. if it was on its own, Quentin Tarantino's making like a Dust Bowl, Great Depression movie, I would be like, oh, so it's where like the breadlines all have guns or
1: something. That's interesting. <laughs>
2: you know, like it's very confusing. <laughs> no, they There's have something lasers. About where,
1: yeah. When he just <laughs> attacks a decade and he's like, let's do it with this. I'm like, let's have yeah. samurai. Let's have samurai in, you know, Oklahoma in the 30s. Right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, apparently the, the Star Trek franchise is in kind of a standstill right now while they try and decide what to do with it next. And they've been tossing around three different ideas. One of them was to just bring back the J.J. J. Abrams cast for another sequel, which I like the J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek movies. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't hate yeah. them. I know
1: They're purists good. hate them, but also I hate purists. So that works for me. Agreed. Yeah, two out of three are good, and the other one's fine.
0: And the other movie, Alex, you you pointed out it's a pandemic storyline.
2: Yeah, apparently, because uh, the, apparently they they're working on three ideas at once just to like have a lot of ideas. And I guess that was smart because there's this guy Noah Hawley who uh, does Legion on FX and has done a lot of other TV and film. And just before all this started, he was developing some kind of Star Trek idea where there's a galactic pandemic. And so now nobody wants to see it. So they had to scrap the idea. And that's what the AV club says. And uh, I don't know. I, I believe it. Like, that's a good story idea.
1: If all of this is not happening and no one wants to see it. You know? Here's why this is maybe this is ignorant of me to say, but like, why is that? a? This is going to sound so stupid and I, I might get roasted. Why is that a bad idea to be like, here's a thing that's actually kind of happening right now. We should talk about True. a parallel through it. Like, I don't Could know. Like, RoboCop was pretty good because it was talking about the militarization of police forces and stuff like that even back in the 80s yeah that makes sense
0: there's a movie that just came out i watched it last night it's called she dies tomorrow either have you seen this
1: i have not no
0: it is also a pandemic movie but the virus in question what it does is makes you think you're going to die tomorrow that that's the virus that spreads. When you come into contact with someone who has this, you're going to leave that room thinking, oh shit, I'm going to die tomorrow. And it's really fucking good. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. It's great. Wow. And like, even in the midst of it, I did, I wasn't watching it like, oh, this is hitting too close to home. It's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, man. What what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. Like, what is it too soon? Cause I don't know. I feel like didn't a nine 11 happen movie happen like eight months after nine 11 <laughs> or some shit. Like, they really push those things forward.
0: We didn't even let George Bush leave office before we yeah. were making
1: movies about that guy. Fucking Vice. Like, that was the thing, right? Pretty recent. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I... I, I hate that, that whole, like, it's tasteless to do a a movie or or it's tasteless to do art about a thing that is happening right now. It's like, that's, that's kind of the point of art, I think. Isn't it? To, like, comment yeah. on the things that are happening? I think you're right. And also, I feel like with all the Star Trek movies, they've always
2: had, at least with these latest ones, they've had an issue where they quite reasonably want to make a movie that everyone on Earth wants to see because it was really expensive to make. And so they don't necessarily go like the hard or tricky or Star Trek way all the time, even though they did a pretty good job with these last uh, first and third
1: ones. I will say this, that uh, if you want to make a movie that appeals to everybody, put your Starfleet captain on a dirt bike on a moon and I (laughs) will watch it because that's what... (laughs) happened and i loved it how do you beat the enemy the power of rock and roll let me tell you something that is some 80s music video shit and i was so here for it the beastie boys defeated like an armada i fucking love that so much that's so fucking amazing what a movie for me what a fucking movie for me way to tie in my 1992
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would love to see this Tarantino movie. Like oh, absolutely. He wants it to be R-rated, obviously. It's a Tarantino movie. And just the episode that it's based on, it's <laughs> such a a visual feast. Like if you want to see Captain Kirk in a pimp hat, fucking watch this episode of Star <laughs> he's, Trek.
1: He's dressed like Louis the Lilac from the old Batman TV series. Yeah.
2: His suit is a little purple and his hat is a lot light purple and looks furry. And it's supposed to be like a 1920s Chicago gangsters thing. But they, uh, I don't know. I guess that's apparently their take on Capone or whatever is that he was <laughs> well, that's in kind of, the 70s.
1: That tracks because like history remembers things totally wrong. You know, yeah, it very it, much <laughs> sort of reminds me of like the Back to the Future 3 where he gets his cowboy gear and he just looks like a complete asshole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that it's crazy. In this image, we'll link to it on, on Pops.com, dot com. They kind of get both of them wrong because William Shatner looks like a pimp from the seventies, and Spock looks like an accountant. He doesn't look gangsterish at um, all.
1: I mean, gangsters need accountants. Remember, that's how they got Capone. That is true. <laughs> it feels like Chris Pine doing a period piece is something that is almost consistent with Chris Pine. Like, how many times is he going to wear one of those like 30s suits or like the early century? Because Wonder Woman he did. I know he was in another like gangster movie that was like an older one. I forget. I don't really know his IMDb, but I would like to see him at that time.
0: Depending on who you ask, this idea is either completely dead or might still happen. There's a script already written. Tarantino has just said he probably won't be the one to direct it, but they should still make
2: it. it. It would be really wild, I think. Because this is this source material. It's an episode called "A Piece of the Action," which is one of the original series episodes where they just wanna do another era of Earth history. So they just they just do a really thin reason for some planet to be like Nazi Germany or something, you know. And so this is just some episode where they're like another spaceship left a book behind about chicago gangsters and then that became the entire planet's <laughs> way of being and that's that's the premise of the episode and they're gonna make a whole movie out of it i'm really that's really exciting to me and it's yeah. uh, silliness
1: like it's their bible like they yes. which yeah. they they kind of that was a one of the things i think in the beginning of the second movie where they accident because like you're sworn not to interfere so by doing right. that episode, it was because this is what happens when you interfere. And then in the second movie, I think they're like trying very hard not to with a primitive life form. And then they fucking take off in the ship. And then the life form just starts worshipping the ship. And they're like, all right, we're fucked off now. Enjoy your civilization based on us taking off.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so it is. it does make sense that they would sort of build their world around this Bible of a fucking book.
2: Yeah, it's like it's that classic prime directive stuff. And this is not even probably in the top five good episodes involving that. I, don't, I really don't know why they're picking it, uh, but I, I'm sure Tarantino has some crazy reason. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, he watched it as a kid and liked it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I
1: don't know if you are familiar with the works of Quentin Tarantino, but uh, he has a pattern. <laughs> Is it a thing he enjoyed when he was young and informative? Let's make a movie about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I feel like the world's ready for a Star Trek movie where you just see a lot of shots of young women's feet. I think that that's what's been missing <laughs> from the Star Trek franchise all this time. A little foot play.
1: A little Buffy crossover. Get all sorts of feet running around in there.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> so I think we can all agree this is good news. If it happens, it would be fun to watch, right?
1: Yes. I would I would be down for that. I I do not believe in in sacred cows in in uh, in the the nerd worlds and and fucking do whatever you want to whatever property doesn't change my love yeah. for it. You know what? Make do whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always we've talked about this before, but I kind of feel bad for people who can't take in a piece of art, like especially a movie, and just like accept it for what it is. You have to like analyze it and tie it to everything else that's happened in that universe. And it it's got to be a painful way to watch movies. Dude, hating that RoboCop
1: reboot from 2014 was so dumb because people were so mad about it. And I'm like, first off, there were like three RoboCop movies, like 17 made for TV movies and a TV series, a cartoon series like RoboCop has been garbage all the time. And they made a new one and they're like, well, it's not the thing I grew up with. And it's like, none of it is just the first one. And that still exists.
0: Yeah. I feel like there was a little bit of that with the child's play remake too, which is also absurd because the child's play remake is miles and miles better than the original child's play. It makes the story makes more sense. The fucking action in it is better. We have just gotten better at making child's play movies. By 2019. Yeah. And a lot of people were still like, why do you have to reboot it? Because like, it kind of sucked the first
1: time. Convince me that I wouldn't beat the shit out of Chucky the oh, first yeah. 8 to 12 seconds that we came into contact. I would grab that doll by the leg and start swinging him into shit so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's always been my problem with the Child's Play franchise. And I feel yeah. like they do sort of address it in yeah. the, the remake.
1: I would punt that son of a bitch into a goddamn deep fryer so fast (laughs) or just or just any family with one large dog
2: resolves it immediately like just (laughs) the dog goes nuts on it and then that's it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah imagine being a human with a dog that's twice your size coming at you (laughs) you're gonna have a bad day it's gonna be rough
0: all right how about this next story is it good news that the new york times forgot hillary clinton ran for president in 2016
1: (laughs) kind of because this sticks with a consistent theme of the author
0: yeah basically what happened maureen dowd wrote a whole entire column it's kind of just a retrospective of geraldine ferraro's run for vp in 1984 which in that context it's a it's a fine article but when they were promoting it this is an actual quote It's hard to fathom, but it has been 36 years since a man and a woman ran together on a Democratic Party ticket. Nope, it's been about four years. That happened in 2K16 when Hillary Clinton and (laughs) Tim Kaine ran together. And I feel like you can kind of defend Maureen Dowd here because that's not really the point of her article.
1: Yeah, but yeah, she's a professional writer and she wrote a thing. (laughs) We haven't even gotten a new Xbox yet. We're still on the same (laughs) Xbox The same PlayStation that we had in 2016 is still the one that you would buy at the store now in 2020.
0: Yeah. Focus on the big issues, Dowd. Come on. But like tech, you know, oh,
1: (laughs) the people here that have the same phone that they had in 2016. It's not a long time. is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. And if you're going to do any article about women on a presidential ticket, you need to remember both of them. Like I like Adam, you're right that it's because it's mostly an article about Ferraro and it's mostly an article about the context of like a lower profile female vice president and what happens to them. But you got to like do a couple sentences about and obviously one other woman in all of history has been on a major ticket. and, And this is how that impacts that.
0: Yeah. And it's not even that there's one, there's two. I mean, they when they issued their correction, it said this. It has been that long since a man chose a woman to run as VP on the Democratic ticket. We've deleted a tweet that repeated the error. Because fucking Sarah Palin ran with John McCain in 2008.
1: This is so qualified. I memory wiped that briefly. Holy shit. This is like such a qualified statement to have to say. So technically, it's like, technically, (laughs) this is the first time that a man chose a woman to be their vice president on the democratic party ticket in August (laughs) in a year that ends in zero. Correct.
0: And I think what really undoes the premise of the article is what she's hungering for is kind of a return to something that we've already progressed past. Like this is an argument for, well, why can't the man who's obviously going to run as president? uh, Why can't he pick a VP? And it's like, we had a woman run for president who picked a man for VP. That's so much more progressive than what you're wanting right now. Like, this is basically, why can't we go back to white dudes?
1: It's like, we're gonna. This is an interesting thing because Maureen Dowd is, uh, from what I can recall, she like sucks out loud. Like, Mm -hmm. she just, she's stepping on rakes every time she moves. Like, she makes herself look like a stupid asshole all the time, right?
2: Yeah, as I understand that, that's the case. Yeah. And she's one of these lifetime job people who does New York Times editorials like once a week for their
1: career. Yeah, she's she's an Andy Rooney. She's a, yeah. you know, what's the deal? <laughs> um, Hillary uh, quote tweeted it and was like, I think you had a little too much pot brownie, which okay, grandma. Um, but that's also in reference to Maureen did an article, did a column about how she had a little too much of an edible and just freaked out. And boy, did that get her roasted forever. Like Vice wrote an article that just raked her over the coals for it.
0: Yeah. It always blows my mind when someone writes an article about doing something while on weed in 2020. It's like everyone is high right now. Yeah. Everyone is doing something while they're high, even if it's not weed. Like that is not, oh, you went to an XFL game and smoked weed first. Yeah, of course you did.
1: Dude, you, that's the only way to get into an XFL game.
0: <laughs> and yeah, that I haven't read the article about her freaking out on the pot brownie, but that's just always fun. Like, it's always fun when someone underestimates what a weed brownie is going to be, because those those accounts are always like, well, 30 minutes, I'm fine. 30 minutes, I'm fine. I better eat more 30 minutes. Someone take me to the fucking hospital. I am. Yeah. Time has stopped and I'm going <laughs> to die tomorrow. Like That's how weed brownie stories always go. Chet Wilde, we did a live show at the Hollywood Hotel, and Chet Wilde got super duper drunk. And I had a weed brownie and just had a little corner of it sitting on right in front of me. And Chet, in his fucking drunken stupor-
1: I like where this is going.
0: Just at one point in the middle of this podcast that we're recording, just reaches over and pops it in his mouth. And I shit you not, the entire crowd gasped because he'd never done weed before. And it seemed like such a small amount. And everyone in the room, like it sucked the air out of the room. Everyone was like, <laughs> Chet is going to die tonight. And Chet almost died that night. He ended up like he had to be carried into an Uber. He was trying to order food <laughs> at a Wendy's drive through without a car. And like... Mm. They had to, like, pick him up and get him into an Uber. It wrecked his fucking night.
1: If I was the Uber driver, I'd be like, I'm not taking this dead guy in my car. <laughs> Put him in the trunk. Yeah, this man is dead, and I'm not going to be responsible for this. And also, like, imagine your chat, Chet, and then
2: all that happens to you, and you say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit at my computer, write 800 words about it, and send it to the New York Times for publication. <laughs> like... And she just did that. Like I, I still can't get over these these lifetime job editorial writers just being like, my entire week's work this week is going to be uh, some words about like a, a a weird brownie I had, or like a barista was weird to me. That says something about society, I guess. Like that's all they're doing. I'm going to make thousands, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to
1: write this.
0: Yeah, what do you think Maureen Dowd gets per column?
1: Well, it's is it a weekly column? I'm guessing it's probably so. close to like at least two grand.
0: Yeah, I bet it's more than that. I feel like Maureen Dowd's probably bringing in six figures from the New York Times, which is absurd for writing one weekly column, at least from a labor standpoint.
1: 52 columns a year, right? So let's figure that at the very least, she would make $100,000. You're looking at about two grand. Yeah, it's nuts. And it's probably more than that.
0: The things I have to do just to make a living wage in LA? Come on. Fucking hire me, New York Times. I want to write one column a week.
1: I know she's like super tone deaf. I see her come across my timeline on Twitter a lot, and it's never good information. It's always people just Mm -hmm. roasting the shit out of her for being a tone deaf asshole. I
2: also feel like as far as this being good news, it's good news because it's like exhibit 1000 of for some reason, you can just write editorials for huge newspapers without fact checking. Like, I know that I know they need to have the independence to say what they think, but there's got to be some... Just in American journalism, there's no practice of like your editorial can't have just baldly wrong facts like we like there should be a thing of, hey, you're allowed to say whatever you want, but we're going to put a note that you're lying until you like find a source or update this.
1: I literally found one of the articles that I found looking this up was, I think, uh, Maureen Dowd should be fired or at least have a fact checker hired for her. It was literally the title of an article.
0: I think it's good news in that. It just goes a little further in eroding away that idea that if a media outlet is aligned with you politically, then they're good and the other outlets are bad. Like we tend to treat the New York Times like it's this, like some sort of liberal bastion for truth and good. It's fucking owned by Jeff Bezos. He doesn't have your best interest in mind. Or no, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, right? Who owns the New York Times? It's, It's not good either
1: it's the enemy of trump so you know he calls him the failing new york times for so now we're like oh well the enemy of my enemy is my friend it's like the times those editorials are always like maybe we should give fascism a chance
0: yeah i feel like like the the dispute between the new york times and donald trump is kind of some wrestling shit where (laughs) they're actually both on the same side but they can't just say that no one's gonna watch
1: I mean, the media, we've known this for six to seven years now. Donald Trump sells newspapers. Donald Trump sells ad space on on news programs. The loss of Donald Trump will be a cataclysm for journalism. But we can't say it out loud. Like what's what's left if you I think NBC
0: is another good example. People like act like NBC opposes Trump because of Saturday Night Live. Like, NBC promotes Trump more than any network, partially through Saturday Night Live. Like, they let him host. They let Trump host SNL. Like, none of these media outlets are on our side when it comes to Trump.
2: It's also, I feel like all these uh, distinguished media outlets, like, none of them have actually chosen to pick all that much of a fight with Trump. It's just that he lies so often That it's like, okay, we have our standards. He lies constantly. I guess we have to start pushing back, but we don't like hate him. We just, uh, to function the way we usually function, we have to point it out from time to time. I think that's what they're saying.
1: Yeah, and there's also this problem with establishment journalism, like established journalists, where they're like, well, why can't we go back to when things were good for me specifically? Like uh, progressive, progressive journalism, you're finding it in fucking Teen Vogue or yep. like local like local papers.
0: Yeah, the yes. best reporting on Jeffrey Epstein was done by the Miami Herald. Like far and away. Go if you go if you read their coverage of the Jeffrey Epstein thing, it's literally all you need to read about what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. Wasn't yep. the New York Times, wasn't the Washington Post, fucking Miami Herald. And like I I know it sounds weird to say, but in terms of the big 4 at least television networks, the only one that's really opposing Trump in a real way is CBS. Has anyone seen The Good Fight on CBS?
1: Is it on I CBS now or is it or was it on their All Access?
0: It's on CBS All Access, which is actually worth the money. If for no other reason than The Good Fight, I think The Good Fight might be the best show on television right now. If nothing else, it is far and away the most anti-Trump show on television. There was a season that when I saw the trailers for it, I was like, fucking Christine Baranski is going to murder Donald Trump in this season. Like That, that's,
1: that, that is seems, what I would exclusively jerk off to. It's,
0: <laughs> she's so fucking great in that show. That show, it, you will learn shit watching that show. And it is the most pedal to the metal anti-Trump show on television. Yeah, people so were good.
1: pissed that she didn't get um, nominated.
0: Yeah, she should have. And meanwhile, like ABC... They had the show Blackish, which is still on. The creator of Blackish left ABC and went to Netflix. And the reason he did that is he wanted to do an anti Trump episode of Blackish. And they were like, nope, we're trying to cater to Trump supporters now. And it's like, Trump supporters aren't watching Blackish anyway.
1: Let from him do a, the fucking
0: episode.
1: From a perspective <laughs> of a thing I can't say out loud, um, it's funny. It's not so much that they can't, don't want to cater to them as much as they don't want to lose them they want to keep everybody so they'll just stay on the fence uh and it's very frustrating uh when when the world is collapsing you're like but you know racist spy washers too so we can't make them get angry because then our sponsors will pull out and then we fucking die and it's really fucking awful
0: it sure is and that's the kind of stuff we're getting from these major outlets these days so i do kind of appreciate that this Just kind of drags the New York Times respectability down a little bit because I feel like people on the left, liberals, whatever you want to call it, need to be a little more realistic about how the media operates in this country. Like it's not the enemy of the people. That's a very dangerous thing to say that's going to get people murdered, but you don't just have to trust it because it came from the New York Times. That's not how the world works anymore.
1: They're crosswords. Great, though.
2: It's just good news that people noticing it's run like a, you know, clowny type of operation. Like I like five minutes ago, I forgot Sarah Palin was nominated for vice president uh, by a major party. But if I was writing for an operation, they would like pull me aside and, and make a note of that before we publish my stuff. You know, You'd
1: like to think so, wouldn't you? But New York Times would just put it up. <laughs> They'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, you are right. Publish. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no woman ever done politics before. There's probably, there's probably no human
2: involved. Just like Clippy from Microsoft or something is like, received. And then it just goes on
1: their <laughs> website. Hey everybody. I hear you're trying to write an article. Have you checked yeah. your facts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clippy. It's the second Clippy reference we've gotten. Alex, Clippy was a character I used to do on another podcast. <laughs>
0: So let's talk about this next story, which this is undoubtedly good news. This is one of the most feel-good stories of the week for me. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., avid Trump supporter, just had a Righteous Gemstones moment. And if you've never seen Righteous Gemstones, fix that shit. I
1: took a photo. I posted anyway. (laughs) Misbehaving. (laughs) Misbehaving. Let me tell you, first off, that show, one of my favorite shows of last year, by far. Yeah. Like, all good. all the shows that were my favorite shows were, like, real dark horse shows for me that I wasn't expecting to like at all, and Righteous Gemstones was right up there. It's so like Righteous Gemstones, Fleabag, Watchmen, which I didn't care at all about, yeah. uh,
0: and Harley Quinn. Yeah, Walton Goggins, yeah. who is one of the leads in The Righteous Gemstones, is so fucking great, and I have a friend who writes for his cbs show and she said he is just the nicest fucking guy
1: he's great in literally everything
0: yeah he's great in everything he's apparently like super friendly on set really nice to everyone not just the people he's working directly around i wonder who he's killed yeah probably a few people we'll find that out someday and then i'm gonna have to hear that name before i pass judgment because what if it's someone who needed to be killed yeah there's that (laughs) What well, let's can- talk about Jerry Falwell Jr. He posted this picture, first of all, from his yacht, which, why do you have a yacht? We know And why. Uh, the caption said, more vacation shots. Lots of good friends visited us on the yacht. I promise that's just black water in my glass. It was a prop only. And in this photo, he's got his arm around a woman, and they both have their pants undone for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you can see a little bit of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s pube region, even though it's mm-hmm. covered with some briefs. And like, why did he post this? He is a religious leader. I bet Blackwater
1: was on his yacht.
2: <laughs> like the mercenary group.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> probably. This is such an no, audacious it? thing to do.
1: It's a very, it, it's a, a very uh, Danny uh, God. What's his name? I'm, I'm blown. The the creator, oh, rest, Danny. It's a very Danny McBride. I will tell you what, it's just Blackwater. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what? like you could have just said soda. You didn't
1: have to post it, Jerry. Guy who runs yeah. Liberty University, which I... First off, anybody who goes to Liberty University is the stupidest motherfucker on the planet. Like, there's no reason anybody should go to Liberty University. And the funniest thing about that is that it's called Liberty University. And then in the article, it, it says, and I quote, Liberty University subjects its students to a strict code of conduct prohibiting premarital sex and the consumption of media that includes lewd lyrics, anti-Christian messages, sexual content, nudity, pornography, et cetera. And it's like, what do you think the word liberty means? <laughs> like here at Freedom University, you can't do shit. <laughs>
0: It is crazy. And then to have that be like the motto of your university that you run. And then you're posting fucking boat sex pics while you're pounding booze.
1: Misbehaving. Like
0: Like, it's It's absolutely like some righteous jumpstone shit.
2: It's also like, Adam, you did a good job of describing a very hard to understand picture. Because it like definitely is something bad and he's drunk. But also like... I don't know what he's trying to do with his shirt. And she's like, she's like kind of dressed like Ginger from Gilligan's Island, but kind of not. And like both their flies are down. And I, I don't, it's like a lewd picture by someone who's never done anything lewd, like normally, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's not someone who knows how to have fun properly. They're up to something bad and they're they're being confusing about it.
1: <laughs> it it's sort of like if, if Dolly was alive today. If Salvador Dali was alive today, what kind of shit oh. would he throw together? Like, what kind of shit would he construct? And this photo yeah. seems like something that Salvador Dali would title, like, the edifice of man or something <laughs> like that and just post that shit, that photograph or something. It, it's like that level of, like, surrealism in yeah. what it is. It's a surreal photo.
0: There's some something about it that is still disturbing, even if you don't know who the person in the picture is. Yes. Like... It's not, that's not even what Jerry Falwell Jr. looks like. Like, have you ever seen him on stage with Trump? He looks like the fucking dictator of an Eastern European nation. Like <laughs> his hair's all slicked back. He's all done up. And now he yeah. looks like a dude who sells yeah. jet skis. This like a photo
1: that you would anonymously send to your board of selectmen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a picture you wouldn't want to get out if you're Jerry Falwell Jr. And he put it on his Instagram.
1: Misbehaving. <laughs> There's no way to get past just, it. Like, it's, it's also, though, a very good reminder of the hypocrisy of, of televangelism.
2: Yeah, it's good news this guy kind out.
1: Of, yeah.
0: Yeah. And in that way, it's, it's good news. Uh, it's good news for comedy reasons, because you can just look at this picture and just laugh about it all day. I want, who's the woman? Do they even s- no, explain no. who she is?
1: It would be so funny if it was some like random like weird shit person to come out. Like you're just like, really? They're like, that's Snooki. <laughs> Remember Snooki? That's Snooky. They got Snooky on that yacht. She looks
0: very different now.
1: Yeah, that's Maureen Dowd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and why are their pants undone?
1: Me. Right. Who's who's taking the picture?
0: Neither of them are
1: holding the camera. There's a third yeah. human there why i I like now the idea of this part of me is that alex doesn't understand photography and that would be like a great (laughs) bit for the rest of who's doing this (laughs) how did this happen if we show you if we showed you what a tv shoot looked like your head would explode
0: (laughs) a whole crew a whole crew
1: (laughs) (laughs) where's the fourth wall of the house it's it's Cambot from mystery science theater
0: It is kind of a a good compliment to the New York Times story because this photo also had to pass several levels of editorial and people going, yeah, that's a good thing to put on your social media. Do it.
1: I don't think he has editorial. He must not. I think he's one of these guys that's just like, I do what I want and I want what I do. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's my Instagram, man. He
2: typed out that caption, like if somebody said prop black water into a hot mic, I would at least understand that they're misspeaking or, or they forgot how humans talk about beverages and activity. But this is this is alien yeah. speak and he, yeah. he drafted it. Yeah, a <laughs> nice piping hot glass of Coca-Cola. Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> just say it's
0: coffee. It's what black water is. It's coffee.
2: Just say that. Yeah. Basically every beverage is black now that I think about it, except water.
0: Yeah. Most of them. All the good ones. Milk. Oh, milk's good, too.
1: Black milk.
0: <laughs>
1: Straight from the demon's titty.
0: <laughs> so we'll link to that photo so people can see it. The uproar was immediate, and Jerry Falwell has since resigned from his job at Liberty University, but he also owns Liberty University, so I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He just shed some responsibilities as a result of the blowback from this photo.
1: He can get more yacht Bacchanalia done. I'm going to pursue my passions now. Get my dick sucked on a mega yacht.
0: He doesn't even have to wear pants anymore. No. Yeah, this does have like a, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and nobody would be mad kind of feel to it. Same fan base, Adam. Yeah. And I wonder how mad that fan base really is. I wonder if it's more like leaders and people with a voice on social media who were Yeah, that
1: level of Christianity is the cult where they don't care. This isn't like your standard like small town church. Mega church people, they don't give a shit.
0: So let's talk about this next story, which I know it's bad news for Jeff because he's super duper racist, but let's see how me and Alex feel about it. NASA (laughs) is going to change some of their discriminatory planet- and galaxy names, which I didn't even know those I didn't even know there were any. So that's news. Yes. Yeah. Well oh, the Marianne. thing is
2: when they when they named a planet after my anus, initially I was okay with it. <laughs> but since then I have decided that I'm not.
1: So I'm the, glad they did this. And the Alex Schmidt Tender Beehole Nebula. <laughs> uh,
0: mm. <laughs> Alex's butthole. That's what Uranus is called now. Weird. All of our <laughs> anuses, actually. <laughs> But yeah, NASA, they're joining the the social justice movement. This is a quote. The community works to identify and address systemic discrimination and inequality in all aspects of the field. It has become clear that certain cosmic nicknames are not only insensitive, but can be actively harmful. They said in 2020, like, why didn't this happen soon? That's always my, like, I get that stuff like this is happening on a really wide scale and it's good. But it's almost never followed up with the obvious question, which is why just now in 2020 are we changing the name of the Eskimo Nebula?
1: You can always ask that question. Like, why did it take so long? But like, as long as it's kind of getting done and they're doing it without being like in the news before they did it, like, I guess it's right. uh, You know, like they're there. They got it done.
0: Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for getting to it before it becomes, uh, well, all our sponsors are going to pull out. So now we have to change it.
1: Also, did P.T. Barnum work at NASA? (laughs) (laughs) Come see the Eskimo boy and the Siamese twin galaxy.
0: Yeah, the Siamese twin galaxy.
1: We were saying that word until like four years ago. I'm sorry, but like, I know it's stupid, but like it was a pretty accepted term until we were like, maybe we should stop.
0: I was pleasantly surprised that none of them were, like, the really big racial slurs or anything like that. Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) that's good, at least. Because when I opened this article, I was like, ooh, what am I in for?
1: Yeah, check out the N-word galaxy. It's like, oh, why? Why was that even a thing? (laughs) Jesus, who named that? Christ. (laughs) Did you get Lovecraft in for a weekend?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because also, I feel like this is, like, NASA... Fixing the pre-NASA random astronomers at like Griffith Observatory and and Yerkes Observatory in Wisconsin. Like it's it's all like 1890s astronomers who did this. So NASA's just like cleaning up like a janitor after them. Good job.
1: Great. Yeah, they're cleaning up the broken pieces. Yeah.
2: This wasn't like Neil Armstrong's decision. Like NASA's just the the authority now, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like how if you buy a home in California. Like for years and years and years, I think this is like just now changing. But a lot of times there's a clause that said uh, white people only. And it, it's just been there. And if you're selling a house, you got to go, um, we don't enforce that. Don't worry. But now they're finally <laughs> taking that out of housing contracts. But now they're finally California.
1: enforcing it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, good for NASA. That's, yeah, it's, it's change that needs to happen. It's the most important thing they've ever done. I would agree. The least catastrophic thing they've ever done. That's for sure. Because I mean, those space shuttles exploded. I don't know if people remember that. Hard disagree, <laughs> Adam. Uh, how about these bright yellow community refrigerators that are popping up in Philadelphia? This is obviously good news in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of this. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. In Philadelphia, there are these refrigerators that are being put up that are just like one of those community book things where it's like, take a book, leave a book. Uh, eat a book yeah eat a book this is the same thing these refrigerators have food and if you're in need you can just walk up and take it and leave what you don't need take what you need it's a good thing
1: they restock and clean them every uh twice a day right uh that's great philadelphia is a uh philadelphia is a leveled city there are levels to that city where uh you know historically oh, speaking I, for, a,
2: for a second i thought you meant like a bomb went off oh i'm so glad kind of <laughs> sometimes, yeah,
1: and that bomb was bill burr let's play it no um <laughs> philadelphia like i've only had awesome experiences in philadelphia like i fucking love philadelphia i got engaged in philadelphia like i really oh. really like that city uh in spite of the fact that i got engaged there um everybody was nice to me in philly and yet i know that they are not nice (laughs) i don't get it i've like why have i had such a sweet experience in philadelphia walking around philly in a red Sox hat and shit and people being like you're a nice person and i like you and i'm like this isn't what i read about in the is it because i'm not dressed like santa
0: yeah you (laughs) you want to assume like oh well it's just the sports fans that are a problem in philadelphia but and all other uh, cities jeff added a reminder of a really famous philadelphia incident in the notes where there was a hitchhiking robot that made it safely all across europe then they dropped it on the east coast and it got to philadelphia and they fucking murdered that thing
1: philly knows the fucking score man (laughs) philly (laughs) philly what a fucking 2001 ape beating move (laughs) <laughs> Where they're just, or uh or, or the Cro-Magnon, like, like, just fucking murdering it, just beating the hitchhiking robot to death. And I'm like, fuck yeah, because that thing, if it made it to me, I don't trust it. That's a cop. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, gathering info for your masters? For your fucking, like- your your robot alien hybrid beast? Yeah, they did <laughs> the
0: right thing, murdering that. <laughs> they
1: fucking mur- they murdered it so bad. <laughs> It's so funny to me because I was like, yes, because I was like, I was I was like, yeah, man, fuck. Yeah, Philadelphia. You have finally had the balls to do what nobody else could do. Maybe they just took the batteries out so they could throw them at Santa. <laughs> just always searching for
2: batteries and everything. <laughs> like... <laughs> just always. All right. Free battery.
1: <laughs> Billy loves batteries. <laughs> It'd be funny if fucking Creed beat it up. <laughs> just Michael B. Jordan just going to town on a Philly bot, the hitchhiking robot.
0: Yeah. So back to these refrigerators. They're launched by a company called Mama T, which is an e-commerce store and apparel brand. And uh they're trying to help out because people are struggling right now during coronavirus. Uh there's not work in a lot of cases. People are struggling to find food and that's the one hitch here where this, to me, isn't necessarily a good story. It's a good thing that they're doing, but it's not good that they have to do this. It's a feel-good mm. byproduct of a bad situation. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it has to come to this in a major American city, in a, one of the richest countries in the world. During a pandemic, you have to put up community refrigerators to feed people. Like, I mean, just feed people. You Government. know, it's,
1: it's a good thing, though, like I know a lot of people like there's a lot of pride, like there's a local community pride and a lot of pride that prevents people from going to food banks and soup kitchens um, where people are just too proud. They don't want to accept that. But there's something about a community where you're you're being told that when you have extra, you can leave it that allows people to say it's more like you're taking out sort of like a food loan that you can hmm. you can pay it forward when you have the opportunity to or if you have extra blank that you can leave um so in a good way I, th- I i think that works in a good way It obviously it doesn't do the same it can't do the same as as full-on food banks but i like what they're doing yeah and it's cool because like every refrigerator is different depending on the neighborhood yeah like they were like well this neighborhood awesome. has a lot more kids so we put more popsicles in that i'm like fuck yeah kids need popsicles
0: I'm fucking with that popsicles refrigerator for sure.
1: Oh, turns out the the people of Philadelphia murdered the popsicle refrigerator.
0: <laughs> so sorry.
1: <laughs> they thought they saw it move and just really went to town. They yeah. broke. And it a turns ying- out it was just
0: an ice cream truck.
1: Yeah, they broke a Yingling, <laughs> ying-ling bottle over it.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would also you'd also think every city has a company that would want this publicity and could bankroll this like brief measure in their
1: town too. I would like to see it everywhere. I I like that. I think some city go- officials might be like seeing it as proof that they can't handle their shit as oh, well. Oh yeah, it is. It is that. Yeah. You know. They should feel that way. It's the Batman of of uh of feeding the hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the city can't do it. We need a guy dressed in rubber armor to go around and put popsicles in a freezer.
0: <laughs> yeah, an example of how like like major corporations definitely could be doing this shit right now when the cleveland cavaliers almost won or what was it it was either when the cavaliers won a championship or there was a season where the browns kept losing and it was either when the Cavs won a championship or when the browns finally won a game but i believe it was bud light put all these beer coolers around town and when that thing happened they would unlock and you could go just get free beer that seems (laughs)
1: like there are lots of legal problems Oh, really? That seems like they. Did they not hear about Milwaukee's Nickel Beer Night? Which is one of my favorite stories of all time.
0: Yeah, what could go wrong on Nickel Beer Night?
1: Literally everything. A forfeit, actually.
0: <laughs> I would have liked to have been there for that. Of and course. to see those fucking Bud Light coolers pop open.
1: Man, that's that's that. We need a movie about that.
0: I think they might have all been at bars, which is a little more. Because it would have been really funny if they were just out in the community. Imagine your
1: reward, just children. That your re- yeah, well, yeah, no kidding, right? Imagine if your reward for finally breaking a huge, long, like awful streak is you can get a Bud Light in a in a bar. Yeah,
0: you're just being punished more. Yeah, great.
1: Now I have to drink this
0: fucking Bud Light. <laughs> well, speaking of alcohol, that's slightly more upscale and expensive. Let's talk about this next story from old Francis Ford Coppola. Frankie
1: FC, baby.
0: You can buy a signed script from one of his best films for just $800. Also, it comes with 24 bottles of wine, which that seems like a good deal. Is it? Uh, Mm. I mean, yeah. I don't know what wine is. you can store it,
2: you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are the rules of wine? You have to just have it out, right? Yeah. I don't like like
0: wine. I don't know shit about wine. But apparently he's been cranking it out forever.
1: Well, I mean, that being said, you're looking at thirty. It's three bottles of wine uh, for a hundred dollars. That is that a good price? Is that
0: fair? It's a little spendy for a bottle yeah. of wine. I mean, depending on how good the wine See, is, obviously. I don't, See, I don't know
2: because sh- I I think I've had one of his red wines, and I think we spent like twenty dollars on the bottle, if I remember right. And okay. it was pretty good. And I don't know wine very well, but uh, dumb old
1: me liked it here's what's funny is I think I'm an accidental good wine giver because uh whenever I would go to the store I was like so what's like a good bottle of wine like 40 50 bucks that seems oh <laughs> that seems <laughs> like a good so I would pick up these like really what i didn't know were like super expensive bottles of wine and they were like well like 16 is a, is a fine yeah, yeah 15, sure. 16. <laughs> so i'd be like, like here's this bottle of wine and they'd be like that is really expensive and I was like is it that seems that seems really low. Like, I don't know. I used to see I used to see like episodes of Perfect Strangers where they would like accidentally bid on three thousand dollar bottles of wine or something. Like, I always remember wine as being something expensive at auctions. Yeah. Right, so there's right. no litmus test for me, a non drinker of wine to know what expensive wine is. There are there are people across L.A. with a Jeff May
2: seller. Like these are the fine beverages Jeff May has gifted me.
1: Oh, I've brought them I've I've brought those wines to like parties and stuff, like Thanksgivings, and that shit did not get broken out. Yeah, they're saving it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I was they're like, saving it for when people they like come over.
1: Right. Like, I'm not gonna drink it.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a really great documentary on Netflix called Sour Grapes. And it's about this guy who just made a fucking fortune by bootlegging wine labels. And he would put these really expensive-looking wine labels on just trash wine. And he got away with this shit for years and years and years and made millions of dollars. And that awesome. is a victimless crime and a story I love.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a sommelier, you're not going to know. Yeah. Like, realistically speaking, fine wine and, and, like, fucking garbage wine. Like, it's even most experts, other than people that have to justify their jobs, most experts are like, it's all the fucking same. Like, just find a flavor that you like and roll with it, which is why I drink Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm (laughs) Strawberry Wine. I'm a Mad Dog
0: 2020 man myself.
1: What is that? That's a malt liquor, isn't it?
0: No, it's called a fortified wine. Oh, with nutrients? Fortified wine is like your Thunderbird, your MD 2020, Cisco, where the alcohol content is like 40% or something. It's like drinking antifreeze. Fuck yeah, man. They call it hobo wine.
1: Oh, I like me some hobo wine. Ripple. Yeah.
0: If you drink enough thunderbird your tongue turns black. I read that in a cracked article that I wrote. Welcome to the Black Tongue Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> but the these this box of wine comes with a signed script from the film The Conversation. Have either of you seen The Conversation?
2: No. I always hear I'm, how good it is.
0: I haven't seen it. It is really good. Can I yeah. feel like he should you
1: should be able to choose the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, give me a Bram Stoker's Dracula script where you sign the page where the titties are out. <laughs> That's what I want.
0: Yeah, maybe a Godfather script. That might be cool.
1: Right? Yeah, that like for sure. Did he write that script? Did Mario Puzo
0: oh, write that yeah,
2: script? I, don't I think he adapted it.
1: I don't really yeah. know. Didn't you yeah. do
2: Apocalypse Now?
1: I would love just like a tattered jungle copy of that. That would be great. That you can keep rolled up in your back pocket to walk around so people know you're smart. <laughs> yeah I like to read it's fucking stupid script going up to your middle of your back <laughs> I always I've kept this with me since high school I just like to read
0: you have to buy $800 worth of PTSD meds to get the Apocalypse Now <laughs> script
1: like $800 of Zoloft and you get a signed <laughs> Apocalypse Now script
2: yeah isn't. A- Plus, isn't the conversation like, I feel like if I bought all this wine and got the script, I'd be like, and then we can do a nice night of having the wine and watching the movie. But isn't the conversation like a tense surveillance movie where they're sad or something? That's my understanding.
0: It's a tense movie. It's got one of the saddest endings. Like you don't normally see the hero of a movie in the state Gene Hackman is in at the end of that movie. It's a real bummer. And also another detail about this that kind of blew my mind is also with that eight hundred dollars, you get a digital download of the conversation. You can't throw a special edition Blu-ray in for eight hundred dollars. That's crazy. And also imagine that. buying this but not owning the conversation first. <laughs> like who is that person?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that seems that seems like you're really going for it for the wine.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, which is actually the better way to go about it. Yeah. Like, don't like if you're not a drinker, don't just buy 24 bottles of wine that you feel like you're going to have to force yourself through. See, here's just to get this
1: script. <laughs> here's the thing, though, that that is kind of interesting is uh those who purchase a conversation package will also receive an invitation to a live online intimate conversation with Francis Ford Coppola later this summer. Is that like a Zoom call with Francis Ford Coppola? Gotta be. Or is it like you get to watch an interview?
0: If it's a Zoom call. I feel like f- four or five of us should just throw down on this. Okay,
1: that's what I'm saying. Now, <laughs> tear me out. Cameo, which is great. Brilliant idea. Um, cameo, some people, you know, you can do, they charge you by the minute minute for like cameo conversations, right? Hmm. And it seems like it could get expensive, you know? Yeah. But if you can get in on a Zoom call with double FC, are you kidding me right now? That's the sky's the limit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, what's Let's the deal it? with the uh, what's the deal with Francis, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula? What's the deal with that movie? Did you think it was good? <laughs> Did you think it was good, Francis?
0: You know Sophia, you know <laughs> Sophia Coppola? What's she doing? She yeah, she, she, she
1: Godfather three. What was that about?
0: That helicopter flyby scene. Can we talk about that? It's the all only right. good scene in Godfather three. I mean, they're all good.
2: I also I want to go on that call and and seem to think he's george lucas that would be my bet i'd be yeah. like george when you made star wars what was it like what'd you
0: do yeah can we talk about the shining for a yeah. minute please <laughs> yeah when you and did- you faking the moon landing yeah. when you did
1: batman <laughs> forever what was your Wait, did you think i joel schumacher he's dead <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway lethal weapon let's talk about it
1: i also forgot francis ford coppola adapted the two se hinton he did rumble fish in the outsiders wow yeah. the
0: outsiders was pretty good stay golden pony boy
1: yeah i'm looking oh he directed jack the robin williams movie i'm like <laughs> where's that wh-
0: limit edition wine set
1: i'm looking at his filmography and it is whew, he did peggy sue got married although he might be just the producer on a bunch of these never mind
0: i wish more more entertainers would get in on this like I want I want to buy a pound of weed and a signed first pressing of doggy style on vinyl. I'd pay I'd pay eight hundred bucks for that. For one thing, eight hundred dollars for a pound of weed is a very good deal.
1: Uh eight hundred dollars for a signed first pressing of doggy style seems like a good deal.
0: Yeah, probably. That's not gonna be easy to find. You're gonna spend a couple hundred on that alone. And then you get all that weed.
2: This also speaks to the real easiness of printing a
1: script.
0: Right,
2: like they're just going to Kinko's and then he rapidly signs a bunch of these,
1: right? Like that's not hard. Yeah, just sign one page. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this, I don't quite understand how scripts work in this context because what is a first edition script? Like how many can there be? Like has he had them all this whole time? Right. I mean, that
1: doesn't even seem like a real phrase, right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a real thing, but- you you can buy it, and it's signed by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, along with
1: a first edition signed screenplay of his Oscar nominated 1974 thriller. the conversation, what is a first edition screenplay? Did he just steal it from the grip? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need this back. I gotta sell give all this.
0: those scripts back. Yeah. I'm gonna sell these with a box of wine. Yeah,
1: some jerk off in Madison. You gave me 800, dollars so I'm gonna need your fucking script.
0: <laughs>
1: I or- hope that's
0: what's happening.
1: Or I hope like he
2: kept a bunch of copies of the script from actually shooting the movie and then they've just been in the way in his office for like 45 years. That'd be really entertaining him. to me too. Like like his wife's telling him to get rid of him all the time. He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. That, that'd be fun.
1: i am got to use these more. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, I hope there's a follow-up documentary where it's just him like Munich style going around the country and fucking strong-arming people out of their copies of the script so he can sell it with this wine. (laughs)
1: Leaving a shitty (laughs) bottle of fucking wine. Here's a Chablis. (laughs) Is that wine?
0: I think so. Okay. Sounds wine-like. All right, let's talk about this last story. I think this is undoubtedly good news. The NSA just released tips for keeping your phone from tracking you. And who are you going to trust if not the NSA? (laughs) to deliver this information. This is basically an article about how the NSA is tracking you. What should we do, Adam? Here are here are their tips to keep your phone from tracking you. Turn off Bluetooth and Wi-Fi whenever you're not using them. Who does that? Anyone? I, I turn off Wi-Fi. I
1: just kind of leave everything on. That's probably dumb. I, I turn off Wi-Fi and... No, I do both of those things generally, unless I forget to.
0: I don't usually turn off Wi-Fi. I turn off Bluetooth if I need... A device to connect to something that isn't my phone and i don't want my phone to connect to it first other than that i am very much not cognizant of when bluetooth is enabled on my phone which probably a mistake this one seems extreme turn on airplane mode when you're not actively using your phone well what if you get a call
1: yeah well, right
0: like what if there's an emergency and no one no one can reach you like, you can't like you just have to know you're getting a text and then you turn airplane mode off.
1: Wouldn't it be great, by the way, if the NSA is like, for more information on how to block people from tracking your phone, go to NSA.gov and download our patch. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have surprised you me. Download our app on your phone. <laughs> for the low, low price of just five of
2: your nudes, you can get all of our
1: it useful... Just says- handy yeah it just says NSA app wants permission to record voice that little stupid needs access to your camera sure
0: yeah it is weird to me that when we are on the verge of probably all being forced to put contact tracing apps on our phone to slow down the spread of coronavirus in this moment the NSA comes out and goes here's how you can stop that from happening thanks for the help NSA weird weird timing Uh, turn off or decline location sharing permissions for apps. Everyone should already do this. There's a setting on your phone where you can make it so apps can only access your location when you're using them. Because otherwise, all these apps are running in the background and they are literally tracking you at all times. I'm like, how do I do that, Adam? (laughs) What thing do I go to?
1: Is it connections?
0: Uh, it's in settings.
1: I'll text it to you. (laughs) I'm like looking right now location Mm -hmm. i can turn off my data usage location Mm -hmm. done there it is i turned it off
0: yeah and then fuck you nsa you can't find me now what will happen (laughs) now is if there's an app that needs to know your location you'll get a pop-up and it'll say uh allow this app to access your location and then there's usually an option uh for all the time or just now and don't be a hero click just now like you don't you don't need fucking yelp to know where you are at all times that's silly that's silly why would you need that oh saves me a button i don't have to push as many buttons yeah, you're pushing so, buttons bro big time saver you know i got a lot going on <laughs> uh reset your phone's advertising id at least weekly what the fuck is that now what's yeah, my phone's I, advertising id <laughs> i don't know man is this
1: just i've been getting really into looking at buying some t-shirts that i wanted as a kid but never got And now all I'm getting is vintage clothing ads because I'm trying to find an old Venom t-shirt that I wanted to buy in 1991. And now all I'm getting is fucking, hey, you want to buy this old Simpsons shirt? I don't. I do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I used to, it like went through one Instagram ad to purchase a pair of shorts. And now Instagram is just the app where I look at pairs of shorts from companies. Like that's that's, that's all they show me.
1: Yeah. Let me me tell you, (laughs) Google thinks I need a lot of jump ropes (laughs) because I bought a jump rope. And yeah. boy, they're like, did you want 45 more jump ropes? And I was like, I
0: got the one. That is, It does blow my mind that we're, we're still at that point. Like, this seems like such an advanced technology where you just say something to someone in your living room and then you go on Instagram and there's an ad for it. How do they not realize when you've already bought that thing? Like, hey. I just, uh, I'm, I'm moving into an office at the end of the month. And because of my online activities, setting that up, I'm now getting ads for nothing but offices and storage space. And it's like, I just acquired both of those things within the last week. Um, How about you cycle on to something else I might need? I've experienced a problem with turning off my location already. What happened?
1: Well, I have a tile on my, uh, do you know what tile is? The tile app slash widget. It's a, um, yeah, it's, it's a useful. little, yeah. it's a chip. See, here's the thing is I leave my keys. Like I forget them all the time. So it's connects to your phone. So if you lose your keys or your phone, you can either go on the app and say, find my keys. I need them because I have lost them. Or you click on the tile and you can be like, your phone starts blasting out a little beepy. Well, I will enable it for that, but I guess I'm going to get tracked. But here's the thing is I'm not interesting enough to care.
0: Yeah. The, the next tip is don't use the find my phone feature. Like they just, the NSA says, don't do that at all, which makes sense if you're trying to not get tracked because how, how, how's the sky going to find your phone if it's not tracking it at all times? Uh, Consider using a VPN service. That's a nightmare. VPNs actually make getting on the internet a problem because a lot of your site, like Netflix, isn't going to work if you have a VPN set up. Hulu probably won't work.
2: They're all kind of a scam. And a lot of yeah. them have huge security risks for like your personal information. So, so if you're trying to be safe, don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. In uh, the last one they have here, don't talk to Jeff. I'm a real I'm uh, a
1: real snitch. I got to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent So, yeah, I don't know if this is good news, but it's news. It's it's something I think people should consider. We're we're moving into a a world where you don't necessarily want. To be followed all the time? Yeah. So maybe take some NSA tips. I don't know.
2: Tips? You got any tips? This also, this indicates to me that, like, every public figure needs to be amazing at personal cybersecurity if they have a phone. Like, they're just so trackable and so findable and, like, like you know, regular people, you're fine, uh, at least until the government starts hunting. But, like, uh, public figures apparently need to have, like, a team of people turning off and on all these things for them.
1: I feel like even if they had that, Jerry Falwell would have posted that photo.
0: <laughs> something security just isn't gonna fix so i think that's our episode i think we we did it yeah it was longer yeah. than i thought it was gonna be well, you're welcome Woo. and we didn't just even talk about we in it's longer even though i cut the story about the woman who went on a racist tirade on social media and then got run over by a city vehicle the next month <laughs> she that's was probably news, right
1: she was probably filming another racist tirade
0: <laughs> probably instant karma yeah karma police more like the karma fire department there's a great her over
1: there's a great sketch by the whitest kids you know called instant karma bigot and it is a very funny uh it's a very funny shorts it's like a minute sketch and it's very funny check it out (laughs) when you get a chance
0: so that's our episode thank you both for doing it do we have anything to plug before we get out of here
2: alex i have a new podcast Thank you guys so nicely what? to the beginning too. And it's called out. secretly incredibly fascinating. And uh, the link is sifpod.fun if you want to find it. You can do .fun for a website, and so I did that with it. So oh, there's the information
1: fun. there. Fun. That's .fun. Jeff. Yeah. Uh geez, I got nothing. I have not, no. Uh, sideshow, sideshow with Jeff May is every other Tuesday through Sideshow Collectibles. That's real fun. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> you don't even like sports. You don't even like sports. You don't even like sports. It is available on the Unpopular Opinion Network. That's the one that's that you can check it out. This um, one, it's this one, yeah. and it's uh, it's very good. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do, and I absolutely love doing it. And I'm learning so much about so many awful, fascinating people. Um,
0: yeah, we're doing the Tony Stewart season
1: now. We're mired oh, amazing in, to- in Tony Stewart. Yeah, a guy who does a sport that neither Adam nor myself enjoy. Um. Right. Uh, But he's great at it. He's fucking amazing at it. Uh, And then uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed uh, on their Patreon and several free episodes across the various ways of doing that.
0: We're also launching a Zoom comedy show.
1: We are. If we can get that shit together.
0: We got to get that going. We got to learn how to do that. Yeah. I think it'll be pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. And uh, Jeff and Valerie Tassi will be hosting that. I'm hoping to get the first one done this month but it might be september we'll see but
1: we're trying to get it done as quickly as possible where there's a lot on our plates and we have to learn how to do a new thing and that's always not easy
2: and then also you have to book francis ford coppola which is hard because like he's busy you know
1: and his rates are sky high
0: Yeah. your your ten dollar ticket will go toward us buying eight hundred dollars worth of Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> wine, and he will be headlining the first Zoom comedy show.
1: Imagine Francis Ford Coppola just doing shitty stand-up. <laughs> shitty wine-based stand-up. Yes, yeah, it's from our low. Uh
0: and I think that's it. On supercast dot tech. You can go subscribe to podcasts there. And I think that's all. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. Uh, You get the Alex Schmidt rookie card, everybody. (laughs) Chicago White Sox, Jimmy at 10. Alex, say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You were supposed to say it like Jeff, but it's fine. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. You fucking jerks. Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street Bring a blood object to Bristol Street I'm